God is good. And all the time, give him one more hand clap of praise. I know um, the prayer request was probably made a while ago, but continue to pray for the folks that are in Haiti, Brother Burks uh, and uh, Brother Danny Ray and his wife, Brother Joseph. Um, They are... Down there to try to do something for the kingdom of God. And uh, they've been having continual battles and street riots down there off and on just about all year long. And um, everybody just continue to hold them up in prayer that um, they'll be able to leave the place where they're staying and make it to the uh, airport tomorrow so they can get out of there and um, head back home. And I got a um, I got a message from Brother Vidley um, Kizzle, uh, and he's back in Russia now, and um, he blessed us tremendously last Sunday night uh, with what God is doing there in the country of, um, of Russia. And... Um, he was thanking everybody. He wanted to thank the church for the kindness, and uh, while um, while he was here, and let's continue to hold them up in prayer. Um, I think it's amazing. It makes a difference when when people are hungry for God. Uh, they pass laws now, and he told you this, and I related to that. They uh, they're not allowed to invite nobody to come to church. They can't uh, when they go out to a grocery store or um, stand out in the yard of the house and somebody passes by. They can't they can't invite. Say, hey, won't you come come be with us in church? Uh, if one of the Russian officials hears that, they could have the handcuffs put on them and arrested right then and there. But under such oppression, he told us last Sunday night that they're having to have two Sunday morning services to get the people in the building, the church building that they built a few years back that we helped build cannot hold them on. And they're either going to have to find a bigger building or start having three Sunday morning services. Can you imagine? And this take this takes place in a country where you can't invite somebody to come. I would to God, and I pray so deeply for our nation of America. We are the most blessed country on the face of this earth. And I would pray that this country would somehow get back the zeal and the love for the Lord because 
Without it, we don't have any hope. We don't have any hope. Hallelujah. I'm going to get into the Word this morning. and uh, I'm thankful for what I have heard, and we're praying for those that are not here due to sicknesses and things of this nature. I will remind you we will be having service tonight. And please, uh, any way possible, try to be here at 6 o'clock. Ronnie will be doing the preaching tonight. He's going to be preaching this evening service. And tonight and next Sunday night will be the last two Sunday nights we'll be having service for a while according to what everybody decided on. And um, so uh, come back to the house of the Lord um, this evening. Uh, I'm going to take you to a scripture, a very short passage of scripture found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. In everything, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, give thanks. I don't care what happens to you. I don't care what your circumstances are. But under every circumstance and under every situation, we always got room. To give thanks to God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come today, we thank you and we praise you for your love and your mercy. We glorify you and uh, we ask God now for the next few minutes that you would uh, give us this word. Bless each and every one that's here. We pray for those that are sick and those who are not here today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. I'll give you an. I'll give you just a couple minutes to cut your iPhone, uh, your phones on to send somebody a text that you know is not here. Tell them they can watch us live stream this morning. Uh, Chris has been working hard to get some new equipment set up because we've been having a lot of problems, and he is live streaming this right now. Uh, just for a test to make sure everything is uh, uh, is hooked up and running, so uh, uh, folks can watch this on live stream by way of Facebook this morning. And I want to thank I thank the Lord for those um, that's in the church that's willing to work to do something for the kingdom of God. Um, uh, Chris does such a great job, uh, and with the knowledge he has there. Uh, and and that equipment, and I appreciate that so much. Those of you that's been working overtime and spending long hours to to build us a float for the church, so the church can be represented 
uh, in the uh, Christmas parade and um, and just everything we are we are blessed beyond measure blessed beyond measure I want to speak today on a subject titled the source of thankfulness the source of thankfulness thankfulness um, there is a reason why some people are always thankful, but some people are not. And we're going to contrast that a little bit today. We're going to talk about that. This coming week, Americans from all walks of life will celebrate a true American tradition. This began, this is a uh, an American holiday. That's where it started with. It's an American tradition. It's come to be called Thanksgiving. I like what Brother Douglas has put on the sign. Uh, we should have Thanksgiving all every day. It shouldn't just be one day of a year, but we should be thankful every day that God gives us breath. Uh, I heard somebody talking about their prayer. They start they they start out praying and thanking God for the great day. Every morning early, bright and early, long before sunrise, uh, sometime between three thirty and four o'clock in the morning, I begin my prayer. And I always begin my prayer with Lord. I want to thank you for bringing me to the beginning of another day of life. And the reason why I, I word it like that, bring, Lord, I thank you for bringing me to the beginning of another day of life because I don't know, I might not be still living by the time the sun goes down. I'm there early that morning. God has brought me to the beginning of that day. I may not be here by the end of the day. You hear what I'm saying? So we always got something to be thankful about, and we should be thankful for that. This that we call Thanksgiving, it all began, and, and I'm going to begin this, but just always do this by a little bit of history, because um, it's not being taught uh, in most schools nowadays, and this is something we all need to know and get grounded within us. This thing all began when English settlers who were called pilgrims crossed the Atlantic from England and founded Plymouth Colony. There were a total of 102 men, women, and children who traveled on the Mayflower to settle in the then called the New World. These people were very religious-minded people. Although they try to rewrite history today, um, and they 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 want to they want to take that completely out, but they were religious-minded people who had come out of the Church of England due to the ungodly influence it had de developed. Because of their separation from the state church, they became known as separatists and immediately came under harsh persecution for their faith. So they left England to have freedom to worship the true Christian faith. After a long, harsh winter, 
battling the conditions of which you had to live, over half of their group died the first year. It had been said by some historians that they were forced, think about this, they were forced that first year to dig more graves than they built homes to live in. Think about that. Think about the conditions that our forefathers went through. Those who survived united together to give thanks to God for allowing them to overcome. And along with the feast that followed, which by the way lasted more than just one day, Thanksgiving became a foundation stone in the development of American culture. After a government had been established and a new nation was founded, our very first president, whom we call the father of our country, along, and they think about this, both houses of Congress was 100% behind him. They set forth a day of prayer and thanksgiving. Man, the left would flip out and blow their top if something come out of Washington today saying we need to have a day of prayer. But folks, whether you like it or not, this country was built on prayer. And if it wasn't for prayer and thankfulness to God, there would not be a United States of America. Glory. This is a proclamation that George Washington made and sent out across the colonies. Whereas it is the duty of all nations. Think about this now. He said it's a duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Every nation in the world has a duty to acknowledge the providence of God in their life. That it, he didn't stop there. To obey his will. To be grateful for his benefits. And humbly implore his protection and favor. Whereas both houses of Congress have by joint committee requested me there again, both houses of Congress requested the president to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of Almighty God. And also 
that we may unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations and beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions. That's what formed this country. That's what made this country great. Hallelujah. And the reason for our downfall and where we're going to end up in the dust and every, if we don't watch, every state will go through what California's going through right now. Hallelujah. If we don't come back to our senses and recognize God for who He is. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to His name. I'm not going to read that whole proclamation because of time. But he ended it by saying, given under my hand in the city of New York this third day of October, 1789. Thus was the attitude of our founding fathers and also the people of a new nation which would be blessed by God as no other nation before us has. But we all should notice a decrease of thankfulness in the land. And the reason for that is we have pushed God aside. The source of real thankfulness And listen to me close. The source of real thankfulness is a true respect and love of God. If you don't respect God, and I ain't talking about Allah, if you don't respect Jehovah Jireh, amen, if you don't respect Him and love Him, you don't know how to be thankful. Thankful is not in your vocabulary. You become like one of the many hundreds today who don't say Thanksgiving Day. They talk about Turkey Day or Football Day or this kind of day or that day. Hallelujah. But I'm thankful to my God because I know that it's in Him that I live and move and have my being. Hallelujah. It is in Him that gives me strength. Even though my body gets weaker, seems like all the time, and I'm dealing with more and more stuff. Had a bad week this past week. Amen. And I, thought, I sent Ronnie a text on the last minute asking him to be, if he would preach tonight, because I said I didn't know if I could do both services tonight. I didn't know if I could get up here and stand here right now. But the anointing of God, when it rests on me, like David said long ago, I can run through a trooper or leap over a wall. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for what God does in my life. If you respect your God and you love Him, then you know what the source of thankfulness is. Hallelujah. But I want, to, I, want to, I want to talk to you just briefly. Give me just a few moments. 
if I can, if time will allow, two points I'm going to bring across today. Number one, I'm going to talk about in this country a loss of reality. Hallelujah. We can sit back, older folks, and we can talk about the way things used to be and how we've lost this and how we've lost that. But I'm going to talk about a loss of reality today. America, back in the beginning, grew at an astounding rate, surpassing all other nations. Yes, there were hard times. There were wars. There were enemies to defeat. But it was evident that the hands of God's blessing was resting upon this country and his blessings were poured out upon us from the very beginning. It is God who has brought us to this point and place where we're at right now. But somewhere, somewhere deep in the heart of the people, the attitude of gratitude slowly changed to one of greed, selfish gain, and unthankfulness to the Creator. Hallelujah. We ceased giving the glory to God and we worshiped ourselves and our accomplishments more. Thus our spiritual side. Brother Wayne talked good about that in this lesson. Hallelujah. This building don't mean nothing if the Holy Ghost is not here. Hallelujah. The house I live in, the car I drive, don't mean nothing. Everything I am is devoted to Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Over the years, over the years, people have begun to cease to give the glory to God for what they have and what they're able to accomplish. And men have begun worshiping their own selves, their own accomplishments. Thus our spiritual side became darkened. And because of our greed and the loss of reality, here's the loss of reality that we've lost. Our blessings come from God alone spread throughout this land. They all come from God. Romans chapter 1, verses 21 through 25. Because that, Paul told the Romans, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but become vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. Oh, God, help us. God, help us. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man and to birds and the four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie 
and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. That's where we're at today. That's where this country is at right here, right now. And it's why, it's why we are seeing some of the things transpire and take place all over. Folks, we got to go back. We got to go back to where we left off. And we got to pick up from that point and move forward. Hallelujah. We got to go back to where we're thankful again as a nation, like it was in the very beginning, for the providence of God. We got to grab hold of reality and realize that our blessings come from God and He alone. It's not your ingenuity. It's not your talent. It's not your strength. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. I'm going to go to the second part. Second point. And I'm going to talk about two indispensable qualities. Talking about the source of thankfulness and about how that we need to nourish an attitude of gratitude. None of us have a right to complain about anything. Hello? How can we have an attitude of gratitude? You're not going to do it without two indispensable qualities. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 and 8. But godliness... Everybody say one. With contentment. Everybody say two. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Today, people would say, Winning the lottery and the Powerball would give me great gain. Hello, somebody. But Paul told Timothy, godliness and contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry Nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content.
Brother Douglas sees homeless people every week under the bridge. Serves them what might be the only hot meal they will have that day. Their clothes dirty and worn. Some pushing around a grocery buggy of everything that they've got right there. But when the death angel comes and that soul is taken from that body and that body dies, that homeless man or that homeless woman will be on equal territory as George Soros or some Kennedy or, or whoever they may be, they all going to go into the grave the same way. Hello? They all going to go in. I don't care what you accomplish. I don't care what your uh, uh, bank account or what your social status is. You came in this world with nothing and you're going to leave the same way. That's why Paul said, having therefore food and raiment, let us therewith be content. I tell you right now, I charge you by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you put food in your body this morning, and you got clothes right now upon you to shield your nakedness and keep you out from the cold, you don't have nothing to be unhappy about. Why are you taking 1,400 pills, amen, to get you out of depression? Let me tell you, amen, if you got food and you got clothing, you got something to be happy about. It is the devil that brings all that other stuff on us. Makes us worry about this and worry about that and this thing and that thing. Yeah, I preach on myself. I've been known to have a little worry, a little bit. Yeah. But when I look back over my life, Every time I've been through the standing between the rock and the hard place. How many knows what I'm talking about when I said the between the rock and the hard place? I've been there. You've been there. But as I look back over all those times, standing between the rock and the hard place. Brother Wayne, I look at that rock, and I'm standing between it and the hard place, and I realize that rock has always been Jesus. <laughs> they drank from the rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So every time I've been, 
there is something that I've noticed, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start winding down. There is something that I've noticed through the years. The more a person tries to live right, the more content they are and thankful for what they have. When there is godliness in the land, there's more contentment and thankfulness in the land. Even when your bank account is low, if you've got godliness and contentment, you've got great gain. If not, you've got complaining going on. I close with a final scripture in Philippians chapter 2. He said, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you may shine as the lights of the world. Church, you're not going to shine as, as a light in this dark world if you're out there complaining like everybody else is complaining. Woe is me. If the only song you sang, we just, we lost a, a, a great entertainer, man. The guy was a, a man, he, he was a virtuoso on, on the guitar and everything else. On, on the show, he hauled for so long. Some people, the only kind of song they can sing is a song they sung there on Ehaw. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. <laughs> Don't get me laughing, brother. If we're children of God, we need to be singing the opposite of that. Can you say amen? amen? You may have heard this name, may have not. But a, a man by the name of Dale Robbins, Dr. Dale Robinson, he oversees the Living Victorious Network. And he, he made an observation one time that was worth making note of right here where Paul told the Philippians to do all things without complaining and disputing. <clears throat> this is what <clears throat> Dr. Dale Robbins said. I used to think that people complained because they had a lot of problems. He said, I used to think that people complained because they had a lot of problems. But I have come to realize that people have problems because they complain. Now this man here, he's a lot smarter than what I, I, I am or ever will be. 
He said, people don't complain because they got problems. He said, they got problems because they complain. And you know what? That goes along with the book. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart. Hallelujah. Complaining doesn't change anything and make situations no better. It only amplifies your frustration and spread discontent and discord and can invoke an invitation of the devil to cause havoc in your life. Instead of looking at the negative in our life and complaining, we must look, look at and for the positive and give thanks. Hallelujah. I have an I have an opinion. And as long as I've been preaching most of my life, I think you know, like everybody else, I got just as much right to have an opinion as everybody else. Because always when I minister, I've always made it a habit. When I speak something, if if it, if it's if if it don't bear it out one hundred percent in the word, I say, well, this this is my conviction or this is my opinion. We all know we all know the story of Job, and remember the devil told the Lord, said, you got a hedge built around him. You take that down, and he won't serve you. He'll forget all that stuff. He's been blessed too much. And then we go on, we find out the next thing that all kind of bad trouble starts coming upon him. Now, I've heard people assume that it was God who listened to the devil and it was God who, who let the hedge down. You made a very profound statement while I go over the wine in your testimony. I have been sealed to the day of redemption. I don't want to break that seal. Let me submit to you something to think about and study and pray about. I don't believe that it was God at all who took the hedge down to let the devil at Job. Because a lot of people, they only read the first two or three chapters of Job. And then they maybe jump to the end where he gets double back. Because there's a lot of stuff in there, and some people think it's kind of boring reading. They don't go all the way through the book of Job. But I found something right there in Job. After all that stuff had happened to him, it lets me believe that it wasn't God who brought the hedge down for the devil to get to him, but it was Job himself. What is that? 
He said, the thing which I have feared the most has come upon me. The thing that I feared the most, Joe worried about all that stuff happening all of his life. And it, listen to me, don't let the devil tag fear on you. Don't let the devil get you to doubt or go into unbelief. God didn't strike Job. I do not believe it for a minute. Hallelujah. He said the thing that I always feared has happened. I know people. I know people who have made the statement. Have made the statement, oh, I'm I'm worried to death. I'm going to get cancer. You know what happened? A child of God has got no reason to fear, to doubt, or complain. Because we might be opening a Pandora's box of things that we don't want no part of. Stand to your